Girlfriends, episode number 184, Sorting Your Stuff with Lisa Lawmaster Hess. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I am on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we are talking with Lisa Lawmaster Hess about her new book, All About Organization. You know you need to hear this. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends. Thanks for being here. Thank you for joining me for this newest episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. Always glad when we're able to connect through Girlfriends here. If you are a first-time listener, I want to take a moment to welcome you. Thank you for checking us out. Thank you for becoming a part of the Girlfriends community. We are glad you are here, and we hope that you're going to stay. If you are a long-time listener checking back in after a long time, glad you're here as well. Always glad to get the listeners together here on Girlfriends to share about topics that are close to my heart. And when they're close to my heart, I know they're close to yours too, because we're all in this together. This week, we're talking about organization. And this is something we've talked about before here on the podcast. We've talked about decluttering in lots of different ways. But this author that I'm speaking with today, Lisa Lawmaster Hess, has written a book from a unique perspective. And I'm going to wait and let her share with you about that. Um, But how are you doing with regard to organization? This is a time of year where many of us are thinking about maybe um, the start of a school year. Maybe school's already started for you. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's coming soon here. Um, but, you know, the start of a school year always does feel fresh and new, even if you're no longer a student or a teacher or have kids going to school. It's kind of a fresh start. And it's an opportunity to, you know, rethink things, maybe do a little bit of organization. We've talked about Marie Kondo's method here. We've talked about various methods of decluttering, even in your spiritual life, which is all related. I find that these things are all related. It's If you struggle with organization in your home, it's not just a physical problem of, you know, not knowing how to put stuff into spaces. It, there are all kinds of emotions attached to it. And that's that's part of why I like Lisa's approach in the, her newest book, Know Thyself, because she really does approach this topic from it, looking at yourself, looking at your personality, looking at your tendencies and your temperament and why we do the things we do and recognizing that there are emotions attached to some of the issues that some of us have with regard to organization. So whatever your style, whatever your struggles, I know there's a lot that you can learn and um, a lot that we can all benefit from, from Lisa Lawmaster Hess's unique approach to this perennial topic for women. So I'm not going to wait any longer. I'm going to share with you my recent conversation that I had with Lisa. I hope you'll enjoy it. Hey, everybody. I am excited to be welcoming a special guest here on Girlfriends today. Lisa Lawmaster Hess is joining me. Lisa is a Jersey girl who moved to Pennsylvania for college, then stayed. She's the author of two nonfiction books, Acting Assertively and Diverse Divorce, and two novels, Casting the First Stone and Chasing a Second Chance. Lisa has also written for online and print publications. She blogs at The Porch Swing Chronicles and Organizing by Style, and is a frequent contributor to Catholic Mom. Mom.com. That's how I get to work with her. And today's Catholic teacher, a retired elementary school counselor, Lisa is an adjunct professor of psychology at York College of Pennsylvania. Her latest book that we're going to be talking about today is Know Thyself, The Imperfectionist's Guide to Sorting Your Stuff. Welcome, Lisa. I'm so glad you're able to come on Girlfriends today. 
Thank you. Thank you for having me, Danielle. And I've got to say, I loved the way you said Jersey girl. (laughs) (laughs) I know a few Jersey girls. So, yeah. (laughs) You can take the girl out of Jersey. And I've lived in Pennsylvania for I won't even say how many years because it ages me Uh, twice, at least twice the length of time I lived in New Jersey. But I still consider myself a Jersey girl. Yeah, you really you never leaves you. So I, I love that you're attached to your roots that way. Um, very, very nice. Um, so Lisa, let's start talking about this book because, um, you recently shared about this in a Catholic mom hangout on Facebook live. And, um, I had a copy of the book, but I hadn't dived into it yet. And so that really spurred me on to do that because I love this topic. Um, an imperfectionist guide to sorting your stuff. Know thyself. Tell me, how did you get interested in this topic? (laughs) Um, I have always been one of those people who was organized but didn't look organized. Mm-hmm. And I have to say at the outset, although that is much better now, I'm still a work in progress. And I think that's one of the things that sort of sets me apart from other people writing on this topic. Um, if you came to my house, it would not be picture perfect. There would not be a magazine spread. Uh, I just moved <laughs> Sarah. I jokingly told Sarah she was not allowed to come to my house until I'd already signed the contract for the book. So she wouldn't think I couldn't write the book. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I think that's so funny. <laughs> but the, the impetus for this was actually a move at work. Um, I was changing offices and I was not thrilled and decided I was going to try and make this a good thing. And if I was going to have to change offices and I was going to get myself organized and I started doing a lot of reading and had the revelation that we don't all have to do it the same way. And it sounds silly that that's a a revelation, excuse Mm -hmm. me, but so many times we read the latest thing or we pick up the book that we think is going to be the answer and we read it and find it doesn't fit. And so we think we're broken. And I I have two goals and I'm probably jumping ahead. I apologize. Go for it. Two goals, two goals with this. One is to help people who think they're hopeless when it comes to organization uh-huh. to get organized. And the other is to help those same people to rediscover their organizational confidence. Because Ooh. a lot of times along the way, when we look at the state of our affairs and compare them to the state of someone else's affairs, which we are want to do as humans, uh-huh. um, the grass is always greener. And um I actually had a second grade teacher who was very well organized. Look around my office and say, one day, I couldn't work like this. (laughs) I prefer not to, but it's just kind of the way. It's how it's working out. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So I really, they're they're equal goals for me. The book is about organizing and about organizing in a different way and a way that works for you so you can sustain it. Um, But I also really want people to rediscover their sense of humor about organizing and rediscover the confidence that they once had about organizing their things. Right. Um, we were all created to be unique individuals. So why would one size fit all? Um, mm-hmm. I'm currently listening to Gretchen Rubin's Better Than Before. And that that's her echoing refrain throughout the book, too, is one size doesn't fit all. And I, I started mm-hmm. about two weeks ago after I already finished this book and went, oh my gosh, there's another one of me out there. (laughs) (laughs) That is so great. And I I love that you talk about rediscovering your organizational confidence, because I think there are some of us, and I won't admit whether I'm one of them or not, who thinks, um, I never had that, you know, like, (laughs) I 
think that, but you're so right that we all have our own approach to it. And then sometimes trying to make ourselves fit into a certain box, maybe the latest book that you read on organization and, you know, trying to apply someone else's style um, isn't always going to work out. And you're left with feelings of failure, guilt, shame that go all the way back to our childhood with our mother yelling at us to clean up our room, right? Exactly, exactly. And for the folks who had it and felt like they lost it when life took over, then we tend to be frustrated with the life that we have instead of being able to enjoy the life that we have because kids are messy. So when you're a mom, your house is messy and that's mm-hmm. just the way it goes. And I've, I actually, I do not use the M word messy anywhere in the book. I talk uh-huh. about decluttering. I talk about piles. I talk about all those kinds of things, but messy to me is a judgment mm-hmm. and we're, we judge, we call ourselves, no, at the time, the table might be messy, but I, as a human being, am not messy. Um, I may be imperfect. Mm-hmm. I may be struggling to get myself to where I need to be next. Um, but calling myself messy, all you do is, is get yourself stuck. You, well, you label yourself into a corner that you can't get out of. Right. Right. Oh, that's, that's a great way of looking at it. And okay. So let's, let's talk about, there, there are tons of books on this topic. This is a very, very trendy topic for sure. And, and actually, I mean, trendy now in new ways, but I think it goes back a long ways. I mean, I've been reading organizational books forever. The most recent one I read, and maybe you can give us your take on this approach is the Marie Kondo book, um, The Magic Art, The Magic, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, um, that Lisa Handy and I had a chat about on the Catholic Momcast not too long ago. Um, I was I loved that book, and I've applied it in certain ways. But I would love to hear your take on it and Lisa, how your book is different from those from other books that are out there. Okay. Well, full disclosure, I haven't read all of Marie Kondo's book. I mm-hmm. picked it up when it first came out, and I was this book was sort of this this book, Know Thyself, was 12 years in the making. Um, and at the, somewhere in this process, I picked up her book when it first came out and mm-hmm. looked at those first couple of pages and went, oh, I can't do this. But I, did <laughs> I did the same thing. <laughs> it's like, oh, this, nope, nope, not for me. <laughs> and that doesn't mean that she's wrong. I mean, if the right. idea is that we all do this in our own way, her approach is going to work for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So under no circumstances do I want to say that someone else's approach is wrong because it's not. Her approach is working and is wonderful for a lot of people. But then there are people who are going to, with her book, do the same thing that they've done with other organization books and get to a point where they're stuck and then think, why can't it look like her? Mm-hmm. Um, I love the spirituality piece that she brings to it. Mm-hmm. Um, when she comes for I, I actually watched one of the, I wanted to see the Netflix stuff. I had, I wanted to wait till the book was complete. My book was completely finished. I'm always worried. I'm going to inadvertently channel. Oh, I know. I do the same thing. I'm like, oh, I can't read that because I'm working on this and I will start writing what that person wrote. (laughs) Exactly. And I watched it and I just, I watched, I looked at everything and she's got some great things like the idea that when you are cleaning out a closet, you take everything out of the closet. Um, mm-hmm. For some people, that works. For me, that's overwhelming. I'm an I need to see it person. So, and suddenly, what I see is the entire contents of my closet on my bed. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't work like that. So again, I can't. I can't emphasize enough. I'm not saying she's wrong and I'm right. right. She's right for some people. I'm right for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I, and she's, she's done a wonderful thing in that she is bringing organization to the forefront and helping people to understand the attachment that they have to their things, why things matter in a 
in a legitimate human way, not a you should just get you should just take a picture of it and get rid of it approach, which is another organizational approach. Um, my mom passed away two years ago and I ended up acquiring a lot of things from my parents' house that came to my house and sat in my mudroom and collected dust. Mm-hmm. And God bless my husband who didn't complain about it too much <laughs> because, because I couldn't tackle them. I couldn't right. delve into the boxes and decide what I could keep and what I couldn't. And I think um, the idea of thinking about what sparks joy is important, but I feel like it's only part of the story. Um, I think we look at things that we need on a day-to-day basis. There's a running joke on Facebook that said I did the Marie Kondo approach and I got rid of, um, I forget what the first two things were, uh, an old piece of paper, a paper clip and my bra. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) everything else sparked joy for me. Okay, so now we need to come in from a different angle. Um, I know it took me, after a year had gone by, I I dug into a... um, trunk that had a lot of family photos and things in there. And mm-hmm. it was a lot easier for me to look at what I really needed to keep and what I could part with at that time. Yeah. So I think, I think the times of our lives during which we're doing these processes matters tremendously. Um, I think trying to organize with kids is like Sisyphus pushing the rock up the mountain. I mean, it's just keeps, it just keeps on coming down. Yep. Um, we can get it to a point where, it is workable for us, where it's sustainable for us, where we can find what we need when we need it. And that last one is my definition of being organized. I can find what I need within five minutes. I can lay my hands on it, whether I have to go through a pile, whether it's in the drawer where it belongs, whether it's in the safe place that I put it in, that I remember I put it in right. about 50% of the time. Um, I know my safe places. <laughs> I don't, I don't know where they are. I- yep, that's, that's my husband. <laughs> Yeah, so hard. Yeah, but I love that you're talking about the emotions that are attached to this because this is an emotional topic. And we do have emotions attached to our stuff, even if you're not like a materialistic person, you know, collecting the Prada handbags or whatever, that we're attached to, you know, a little broken figurine because it was our mom's or, you know, we're attached to this little piece of paper because our child drew a picture on it or, you know, all of these things like there are feelings involved. And I, I love that you mentioned that Marie Kondo does address that because when I I read her book, that was the part that I most appreciated was that she recognized, first of all, the weight that stuff has on us, that, you know, the stuff building up in your life, in your, you know, your own personal spaces or in your workplaces, that it it wears on us and it, it costs us something. But then also just that emotional attachment that we have to things. And while I'm, you know, I think she's Buddhist um, and she brings that kind of spirituality. At the same time, I found it helpful that she was focused on gratitude for the things that we have. And the more we're able to do that, that, you know, the more we're able to be like, well, this thing, I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for the time that it represents, but I'm, I'm okay with letting it go. Do you find that? Yes. Yes. And I like the, I like the gratitude idea. I hadn't thought about that, Danielle. That's a really good connection to that mm-hmm. is being grateful for what we have. And sometimes that's a double-edged sword. So if I'm grateful for this thing that I have, how do I let it go? Right. Um, so it, it makes the whole process a lot more complicated. It sure so does. I, yeah. I think she's done a lot of wonderful things for a lot of people. Absolutely. Um, I know that it's not an approach that would work for me. But again, I can't say enough. That doesn't mean I'm right and she's wrong. Right. Oh. There are different approaches. But l- let's right. share a little bit more about your approach. So is this like it, when someone's going to 
go to buy this book, Lisa. Of course they are. They're all running out to buy this book because <laughs> we're going to have it linked up in the show notes. Okay. Um, so a- again, the title is Know Thyself, The Imperfectionist Guide to Sorting Your Stuff. Are you thinking this is primarily for um, a homemaker who's feeling drowning in her stuff, a-, a working mom who's feeling unbalanced, somebody in the workplace? Like where, what's your primary audience here? All of the above. Really? Okay. Okay. <laughs> First of all, you've, you've commented on the title a couple times. Thank you for mentioning my title. Um, and full full credit for this title goes to the staff at OSV because they titled it. And initially I looked at it and went, oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And the longer I looked at it and the more and, – and Rebecca knows this. I'm not telling tales out of school. I, the more I looked at it, the more I got used to it. It was the length of it initially. Right. Um, but – I find so many people are focusing on the know thyself right. and they were so on the mark and I wasn't, my working title was not, I won't even tell you cause it wasn't nearly as good. Right. Um, they were so on the mark with this. And I think anybody who's in any of those situations who feels that I, th- I think the link isn't so much the situation as the way the person feels about the organizational skills. I think the subtitle is important too. It's the imperfectionist disordering your stuff. If you feel like, you are, have struggled with this. Um, for me, it started at work because that was where I was as a counselor, as moms are, open to everyone's needs all the time. The door was open in, to my office unless I had a student sitting there speaking with me about something personal. Mm-hmm. So my schedule for the day got disrupted by 9.30 most days, which sounds like most moms I know. Right. If they even make it till 9.30. 9.30 is a good day. Right. Uh, if they've gotten a shower and the schedule's held together till 8, they're in good shape. Um, so I, th- I think it's the people who are looking for a solution that is flexible, because this is very flexible, mm-hmm. a solution that is personalizable, um, and it can be utilized at home, at school, at work, um, in your car, all of the places that you organize, because once you know who you are and how you organize, and the whole idea behind Know Thyself is what I call default styles, what are you already doing? And how can you take what you're already doing and make it work for you instead of against you? Right. So I'm an I need to see it person. The, my downfall is piles. If once one day when I become perfectly organized and can invite people with cameras into my home to take pictures, ha ha ha. ha. <laughs> um, the last thing to have gone right before that will be my piles. Yeah. Because or how how nicely I put something away, if I can't see it, it no longer exists. Right. So once we figure out how we think and how we operate, and we find the tools that we can use in our service. And I'm sorry, I know I slowed down to teacher voice there. (laughs) Um, Teach me. I want to hear it. (laughs) Tools are supposed to work for us, not against us. Right. I mean, I I don't use binders well. Binders for me are archival storage. A three-ring binder, uh, once it's in there and I close the folder, the binder, forget it, it's gone. Mm -hmm. Um, File cabinets, same thing. I have file cabinets collecting dust. I don't even know what's in the drawers. So that's where I put the things I need to reference at some point down the road. But Mm -hmm. anything I'm using on a day-to-day basis, I need a different tool. Those tools don't work for me. I'm not wrong. Well, people would argue that I am. For my (laughs) argument, I'm not wrong because the binder doesn't work for me. The binder's the wrong tool for me. So I need to find a tool that works for me. Once I find the tools that work for me, 
for paper storage at home, I can transfer that to paper storage at work. I can transfer those same types of tools to making it so the trunk of my car doesn't look like the groceries just blew up all over the back. <laughs> Have <laughs> you been looking at my car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but, so people reading this book, it, I love that it is called Know Thyself because I really feel like that's a great place to start because like you said, all these tools are great tools, but if they don't work for you, they're not the right fit. And how many of us have spent, you know, tons of money on organizational mm-hmm. tools or, or storage things or, you know, thinking this is it, this is going to solve all my problems. But then if it doesn't suit your style, your natural way of working, then it's not going to work, right? Exactly. That, that's exactly what I'm exactly what I'm saying. I have in the book, I talk about my mail counter in my kitchen and we're not going to get everything right on the first pass, which mm-hmm. is why I bring up the mail counter. Um, I, my we have a counter as we first come in, which is where the mail gets dumped. So whoever brings the mail in dumps it on the counter. I now try to be the person who brings the mail in because now it doesn't get dumped on the counter. It gets sorted when I walk in the door, um, which I can't take credit for the idea of that idea I've read from multiple organizers. Yep. But I also needed to figure out once I got the stuff in, what did I do with it? It was really easy to put my husband's mail on his desk, my daughter's mail on her pile. And it, yesterday I just wrote a blog about okay, so I thought I had this system all figured out after three or four passes through trying to find the right tool, which turned out to be um, a file bin with an open top because I need to see it. Right. Um, I noticed that in going through my piles last weekend, because I, I taught a summer class and my semester ended about two weeks ago. So now I'm digging into the house. Um, all of my piles had the same stuff in it. It was all the stuff that I had collected as my own mail and put aside to deal with later. And I was kidding myself because my mail counter looks lovely. I finally got it figured (laughs) out, but I was putting it somewhere else. (laughs) You were conning yourself. I love that. (laughs) I wrote this book. I'm supposed to know better. Oh my gosh. I I finally, but knowing that I'm an, I need to see it person. I knew whatever system I came up with was going to have to take that into account. So as I'm sorting through all my piles, I'm going, all right, all these things fit into about three categories. What tool do I have? Accordion folder. Grabbed an accordion folder out of the office because, of course, I have these things because I collect organizational tools. And right. then with 10 minutes with my label maker and my accordion folder, I had a system. It would have taken me – 10 years ago, it would have taken me weeks to think wow. about what it was I was going to use. But I know that I need to see it, and I know that – putting it, that's why it's in piles. So the only way I'm going to get rid of my piles is if the tool that I use also allows me to have the same advantage that the piles gave me. And the piles gave me the advantage of being able to see things and know where they were. Uh My accordion folder does the same thing. And the one I happened to pick up, I was really excited about because I, the one that I had, I'd used for a writing project and had recently cleared it out. It does not have a flap over the top. So I really can just look down and see my lovely labeled, I love lovely labeled Mm. things, my lovely labeled tabs that tell me where everything goes. And I have a little clip on the front pocket so that I hold my bills in place and they don't fall to the bottom of the envelope so that I lose them. Um, And that was simple enough. Now what I need to do is practice the new habit back to Gretchen Rubin better than before. Um, (laughs) I'm advertising for her apparently today. I love her. She's great. I talk about her on the podcast all the time. (laughs) Um, But I, I now need to get myself in the habit of now I've sorted the mail and I've got the what's left pile in my hand that's where it goes. Ah. So first I've got the tool. Now I need to reshape my habit so that I'm using the tool that I know will work for me because I've chosen it for me based on my style. 
Um, I am an I need to see it drop and run organizer. Okay. So I need, uh, I need to see it as my personal style. I've talked about that quite a bit. And drop and run is my organizational style. Thus, again, the piles. Both of those feed into the concept of piles. Okay. Drop and, the, and run. And these different styles are are outlined in the book, right? Because, you know, people listening yes. are like, okay, drop and run. Uh, so you may or may not be a drop and run listeners. You know, you exactly. got to you read exactly. the book and kind of figure out where you fall, right? Exactly. There are three personal styles and there are three organizational styles. And the three personal styles are I love stuff. I love to be busy or slash busy moms. I am busy. They may not have loved it. They may not have chosen it, but that's where they are right now in life. Mm -hmm. And I need to see it. And the personal styles are the who of organizing, who we are, what do we bring to the table as individuals. And then the organizational styles are what's our default way of handling our stuff. It hasn't worked as an organizational style so far. It's been an obstacle. And they are, I know I put it somewhere. The folks who have the safe places, um, <laughs> cram and jam and drop and run. And um, one of my favorite endorsements for this was a friend of mine who's a personal organizer said, there's no blaming or shaming in Lisa's book. And I absolutely love that. I think that's the nicest thing anybody could have said about this book. The styles are intended to be humorous, not judgmental. Right. Um, the, I know I put it somewhere. Anybody who's ever put anything in a safe place um, can identify with. Um, sure. I, that's not my primary style, but I am guilty of having put a CD away for my dad for Christmas. Hi, dad. I don't know how many years ago. I, <laughs> I still haven't found it. It's in a really, 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 really safe place. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My favorites are the ones, the Christmas presents I find in July, right? Yes, I mean, exactly. Like, <laughs> very safe. <laughs> Exactly. Yes. Oh, great. So people can go through the book and find their own style. Well, but, you know, before we have to wrap up here, Lisa, I, a lot of our listeners here at Girlfriends are moms. And I know that I've experienced this frustration myself. We're like, okay, I can get my stuff in order. How do I get my kids to get their stuff in order? How do I teach this to my kids? I think having the concept of the styles is important for kids too. Um, I had, I remember walking into a classroom to teach a lesson one day, they were fourth graders and they were coming in from recess and there was a young lady at the back of the room who had apparently been kept in from recess to clean out her desk mm -hmm. and the classroom aide, um, those who've heard me talk before, have heard me tell this story. This girl just is still in my heart. Um, she, the classroom aide who was very, what I call type A organizer, very naturally organized, comes, she, it's, it's very cut and dry for her, very black and white, very simple. Uh, she was pulling things out of the desk and saying to the classroom teacher, Mrs. B, look what I found. Meanwhile, the little girl was shrinking into her desk. Oh. And, and the, the aide meant well to her. She just, this girl just needed to follow a few simple steps and she would have her life together and be organized. Mm -hmm. Um, I asked the kids permission. I said, you know, guys, I'm here to talk about something else, but I've been talking about organization with the fifth graders and I don't know, it's spring and you're fourth graders. I think you can probably handle this. Is it all right if we talk about this? And we did. And by the end of class, she was laughing and she's raising her hand. She's saying, Mrs. Hess, Mrs. Hess, I'm cramming jam. And she's waving <laughs> the style proudly. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's life changing, right? I mean, because mm -hmm. so much of how we identify ourselves and some of our, our own kind of self-knowledge comes from what we experienced as children and what we heard from our teachers and from our parents, right? Yep. 
So little ones, before we get to elementary school, it all needs to be modeled for them. We can't, the st- they're too young for the styles. We can, we can talk about it conversationally. But I started using this with elementary school kids. My youngest people that I've used this with were eight. And I actually taught this class at a retirement village. So my oldest student was eight. Wow. <laughs> so I think with the elementary age kids, you can talk to them about how people organize differently and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the hardest part is when the parents' styles and the kids' styles collide or when the parent is a type A organizer and the kid is like me, I need to see it drop and run. Um, right. Those, it's, it's a very out there style and it's very frustrating for parents. But I think for parents to accept that their kids are going to struggle with this sometimes. This is not something we're born automatically able to do. It's a learned skill. And if we teach our kids that it's okay to do it in different ways, um, it's easy for me to say, I have one child. I can't imagine. I know, Danielle, you have six. I have eight. (laughs) Good heavens, eight. So I would say in your house, you're very likely to have all different incarnations of these styles. Right. And how do you make that work with eight kids? That's a major challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think I think just helping kids to understand that we don't all do this the same way. And the idea is to find the tool that works for you. How do we find the stuff that helps you clean your room? But I want your room to be clean. You need your room to be clean. This is something you need to learn how to do because it's a life skill uh-huh. and it's something that's going to be expected of you. How do we choose the tools that help you to do this independently? And this does not mean that we go on a massive shopping spree at the container store. I love it. <laughs> I love the container store, but I wouldn't have spent that kind of money on my kid. <laughs> I mean, right. We go, the, we go to the dollar store. We go to the dollar bins at Target. We go, yep. we, we look at things, we look at the various things that are there and say, okay, so would this work for you? And a lot of times elementary kids have a, an intuition about this and they'll look at it. Like they know that these are the kids who were handed the pocket folders where one side said, says take home. The other side says brings back. Yeah. Yes. Says take home. Other side says bring back. Right. And they take the paper and they put it in the folder and not in either pocket and close the poultry because <laughs> I don't know where it goes. <laughs> yeah. So and or they just it doesn't matter to them. That system isn't right. working. So they can look at things and say, yes, that will work for me, or no, that won't work for me. Especially if it's a lot of steps. That's too many. If we can keep it simple in terms of steps for our kids, open topped bins that mm-hmm. we can push into. I love those cube I'm, I'm, I'm gesturing like you can see me <laughs> those cube organizers yes the, cube, the bins that go in them mm-hmm. are great for kids stuff because and they have handles you grab the handle they drop their toys in they shove it back in that's as organized as it has to get if we just want their stuff up off the floor right so so what's what's the age of the child what's the goal is it helping them to become independent in their organization. I did these lessons with fifth graders because my fifth graders were going to the middle school the next year. Mm -hmm. So in the fall of fifth grade, they got a couple of Mrs. Hess lessons. I would come in and say, hey, guys, we're going to talk about organization. And my type A people would cheer and everybody else would look like they wanted to go to the dentist. Right. (laughs) I know. Right. (laughs) And by the end of class, everybody was laughing and kids were surreptitiously cleaning out their desks. Wow. That's how how we want kids. That's the goal, right? Yeah, that's the goal. The goal is for them to feel good about themselves, because if we can help them to develop the confidence that they need in their own abilities, then with our guidance, they'll find their way. 
Um, and that's so mushy. And I know that's so mushy when you no, actually. That's our goal, with, though, right? Uh, when you're but when you're dealing with your actual nine-year-old whose room looks like a tornado just tore through it, that mm-hmm. doesn't sound like very helpful. <laughs> I, I, I understand that, you know, I could having having gone through the the tornado stages myself at my house. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think keeping in mind what's our goal here is our goal to make the house look pretty is our goal to help our kids to develop skills we want them to have is our goal for our kids to have confidence in themselves when it comes to this um and they might all be goals so we have to decide which one we want to work on first we look at our child and our child's personality and the age of the child below elementary school you're doing it for them there's really no way around it um you can show them how it's done and you can watch what they do and if with the styles in mind think mm, okay so i am this style and they are that style so our tools are not going to be the same right oh that's so helpful right. that knowledge of yourself and of your children and their own you know, tendencies, uh, not to uh, reference Gretchen Rubin again, but um, knowing, (laughs) knowing where, you know, where they're approaching it from, what kind of perspective they're coming at it from is so very helpful and just helpful in parenting in general. But I think keeping in mind, Lisa, this, this kind of encouraging tone that you have with regard to this organization, that it's not something you're beating yourself up over, not something you're beating up your kids over or your spouse over. This, this can be fun. We can have a sense of humor about it and um, ultimately figure out what system's going to work so that we can have, you know, more functional, happy lives inside of our workspaces and in our homes. I absolutely love the goal and I love the way you approach it. Again, the title of the book is Know Thyself, The Imperfectionist Guide to Sorting Your Stuff by Lisa Lawmaster Hess. Lisa, um, where should people go to find out more about, um, you know, various, th- I mean, I know you've got a couple of blogs, right? Where, where's the mm-hmm. best place to go to find out more about this this particular part of your work organization? I blog at org b-y-s-t-y-l-e um dot blogspot.com on wednesdays and thursdays oh, and wednesdays excellent. is like this girlfriend's podcast wednesdays is like yeah guess what i found out <laughs> so thursdays, great way to connect i love it <laughs> and thursdays are three keys thursdays what are th- so that you've got a takeaway what are mm-hmm. the what are three things like today's post that i have not yet written is still swimming in my head um mm-hmm. today's post is going to be about my mini tickler file. I've tried tickler files and I wasted 31 file folders. So (laughs) what I've got it down to is the the abbreviated version that works for me with my wonderful accordion folder system that I wrote about yesterday. Oh, so very practical. What are the takeaways? And those who read catholicmom.com, I write style savvy on catholicmom.com that posts on Wednesdays. And there's a lot of overlap. A lot of the stuff that's on style, the uh, style savvy post has already been on my org by style blog. Mm-hmm. So if you're Catholic, if you're a catholicmoms.com reader, you'll find a lot of the same content in those two places. But that's so where great. to find more organizational stuff. Uh, and then I also have a an author page on Facebook, which is Lisa Lawmaster Hess writer or mm-hmm. author. One of those two. Lisa Lawmaster okay. Hess. One of those writing words that I should know the answer to. Um, <laughs> and um, <laughs> um and that's where you can find what else is going on. So, because I have some book events coming up, some interviews, some radio interviews, and blog, um, excuse me, podcasts coming up. Great. So that's that's kind of the news. The okay. um, the other the other uh, blog is my website, basically. That's the the general 
overview. But if the organization stuff is what you're looking for, Org by Style has it. Okay. And right now, my my author page on Facebook is heavy on Org by Style stuff. Of course, right? Because <laughs> you're in the push for the book, right? Um, so, but listeners, if you can't remember some of those URLs or if you're trying to scribble them down, don't worry. Go to ascensionpress.com. All of the show notes for the Girlfriends Podcast are there. Look for the show notes for this episode, and you will find all the links right there. Easy to click on and get over to learn more about Lisa's stuff and order your copy of Know Thyself, The Imperfectionist Guide to Sorting Your Stuff. Lisa, thanks so much for taking the time to share with us here on Girlfriends. It's been such a joy having you. Thank you, Danielle. I had so much fun. Thank you for having me. Every one of us is made in the image of God. We are unique, worthy of love, and called to greatness. In this world, though, we can be distracted from that truth and begin to doubt God's love is real. You see, we live in a world that tells us we are not smart, attractive, thin, or rich enough. It is easy to focus on the ways we fall short of worldly perfection and forget that we are already made perfect. We are already enough. I'm Danielle Bean, author of You Are Enough, what women of the Bible teach you about your mission and worth. You Are Enough dives into the stories of women in the Bible so that you can fully see God's plan for your life. To order, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. And now we're at the point in the show where I usually share a little bit of listener feedback with you all. And this week I heard from listener Melissa who wrote, I wanted to comment on the bit about kids under 21 and alcohol. On a recent show, I answered a listener question about handling growing up kids and alcohol, how you approach that conversation with them and what kind of rules you set. Um, She says, I grew up in a household where we were allowed a sip of whatever adult beverage my parents had. In all reality, I steered clear of alcohol in high school. Um, When I did get to college, I was definitely in settings where alcohol was present. I did go to a small Catholic college and yes, spoiler alert, we had parties. (laughs) Did I drink? Yes. Underage? Yes. I never drank so much that I got sick or anything outrageous. I think I was just a little bit scared about being that sick. Um, Fast forward, I have a 12-year-old and an 8-year-old. Much like my parents, I don't keep a lot of alcohol in the house and only drink it here and there. If my kids really want to try what I'm having, I let them. I actually called my 8-year-old's bluff last week. I bought some wine coolers and he sassed off to me about how much he could drink. He's my daredevil. I offered him a sip and he quickly backed down and didn't even try it. I'm totally with you on being in settings where you are at a family or friends get together and they serve alcohol to underage drinkers. I agree with your comments on that 100%. As always, thank you for all your hard work with the podcast. I am flying on a plane from Minneapolis to Dallas. I hope my email isn't too long. You have my total undivided attention, Melissa. Thank you, Melissa. I really appreciate you um, offering that feedback. I did hear from a number of people because this topic of alcohol and big kids, alcohol and how to talk about it with underage kids who are going to college is a sticky one. It's a tricky one for parents. So um, I appreciate your feedback. I appreciate your affirmation that you kind of share my perspective on those things. Um, and I, I really do think, and I just want to underscore this this point, that it, we need to just be having these conversations with our kids, not pretending it's not going on, right? Because that's where you run into the problem of kids hiding things from you. Um, 
but then also not acting like it's normal and expected and that you expect them to behaving this be behaving this way. Um, I think setting standards for your big kids and just maintaining that open communication with your kids about, especially when they're away from home, what's going on with them, what kinds of circumstances they're finding themselves in, what kind of friends they're making and how they're spending their time, I think is so valuable and so important. And, you know, how to handle alcohol is just one part of that whole larger equation. So thank you for that feedback, Melissa. I appreciate it. Hey, Danielle. It's Elizabeth in Kentucky, at least Kentucky for the meantime. I've kind of been away from the podcast, but I listened to the one on um, choosing education for your kids, and I just found it really encouraging. Our family is moving out of the country. We're moving to Germany, and we are leaving a school that we love, um, that my kids love, and trying out new things. Um, The middle two are going to go to essentially American public school. The youngest one is going to go to German public school. The oldest one is going to do a mix of those things. Um, Anyway, it was just really encouraging to hear, hey, I can change my mind and, you know, choose it and stick with it and um, until it's not working. And it was just super encouraging. So thanks and keep up the great work. Thank you for that, Elizabeth. I so appreciate the fact that um, you are sharing your current circumstances and exciting and challenging to be heading out of the country and making these new decisions for your family. But I'm glad that what I shared was encouraging to you because sometimes I feel like we do make these decisions into much bigger things than they are. Not that it's not important, you know, choosing how you're going to educate your kids and choosing their schooling and all of that. But of course it's important, but we kind of turn it into something that's almost paralyzing with regard to how important it is. Just that little nudge, that little reminder that you may make the wrong decision and it's not going to be the end of the world and you can reverse your decision. You can change your decision. You can adapt to your kids' changing needs as they're growing older. Um, you can adapt to your kids' personalities and their own educational challenges. So um, thank you so much for providing that feedback and that encouragement that um, that particular show was helpful for you. I heard from another listener too on that same podcast topic, um, a Last week, she sent me this email. Um, This is from Lainey, who uh, sent me an email last week saying, Hi, Danielle. My name is Lainey, and I've been listening to your podcast for about a year. Listened to the one about schooling choices a few days ago. And while it doesn't apply to me yet, my oldest is two and a half, a dear friend of mine kept coming to mind as I listened. I shared it with her over text, and the next day I got a message from her saying that every one of her concerns was addressed, and she felt enough confidence and peace to go and withdraw her kids from school formally. She's been feeling nudges from the Holy Spirit to homeschool and listening to your podcast solidified her decision. She gave me permission to share her story with you since I know how much you value feedback. So thank you for everything you do and may the Holy Spirit continue to guide your work. Love from Norfolk, Virginia. Lainey. Love that, Lainey. Thank you so much for sharing that. I must admit, I'm a little bit daunted at the idea that something I said could make somebody (laughs) make that kind of life-changing decision. But like your friend shared, this is something she's been thinking about and mulling over for a while. So I'm glad if I just gave her the confidence to go ahead and do what she's been feeling she needs to do. And I I will be praying for your friend um, as she makes that transition to homeschooling. And ultimately, you know, I appreciate this feedback, especially, Lainey, because you're so right that it's it's all about what the Holy Spirit is guiding us to do. I shared on social media recently that I recently read, and now I'm currently re-reading um, a book by uh, Jacques Philippe. And I know many of you are familiar with his work. He's a contemporary 
author um, and a spiritual leader. And his books are small and they're short and they're super simple and um, readily absorbed, but so deep and so helpful spiritually. And this one that I've been rereading recently is In the School of the Holy Spirit. And it's all about listening to those nudges of the Holy Spirit and the ways in which you can grow in holiness, grow in happiness, grow in the satisfaction you have in your daily work, in your daily life, the peace that you can enjoy going about your work when you know um, you are lining up your actions with the will of the Holy Spirit. So um, that really is truly what I hope to do here with the podcast is myself, listen to those nudges of the Holy Spirit with regard to what kind of content I'm putting out here. But then I'm hoping that the Holy Spirit will speak to you through what I share here, perhaps not through anything particular that I'm sharing here, but nudge you to think about something else, think about something new, take on something new, give up something old that's no longer serving you, those kinds of things. I really believe the Holy Spirit is working through girlfriends, the working through all that we share and all the different ways that we connect here. So I'm grateful for that reminder, Lainey. Thank you so much for taking the time to share feedback from your friend. I really appreciate the extra effort you took to do that. So if you have podcast feedback that you would like to share with me here, you can always email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. Let me know what you think about today's topic, what you think about a recent topic, what topics you would like for me to consider taking on in the future. I'm always happy to receive that feedback from you. Um, You can also leave a voicemail the way that Elizabeth did. Just record a voice memo on your phone. Send it to me, danielle at daniellebean.com. Or connect with me on social media. I'm Danielle Bean on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You know where to find me. And you know what to do. Subscribe to the podcast, rate and review the podcast at iTunes if you're able to do that. So very helpful. Also, just share the podcast with people that you know that might be interested in listening. I'm always looking for ways that we can grow our community of girlfriends here, and you are an important part of how that can happen. If you enjoy the podcast, spread the love, share it with somebody else who you think might enjoy it as well. Thank you so much. And then finally, I just want to uh, mention a few places that I'm going to be in the coming months. I'm going to be giving uh, my retreats in a few different places. For those of you who aren't familiar with my retreats, I have um, a few different retreats that I do. The two main ones are based on my two most recent books, Your worth it and you are enough. Um, Your worth it focuses on women in the New Testament and the ways in which we can learn about Jesus's unique love for us as women through those stories in the Gospels. Um, So that book is called Your Worth It and the retreat is called Your Worth It as well based on themes in the book. The other one is You Are Enough, which is based on stories of women in the Old Testament. So a different approach there. And um, the themes of that retreat are very much based on the themes of my book of the same title, You Are Enough available from Ascension. And in that book, I look at stories of women in the Old Testament and what we can learn about the ways in which we as women uniquely approach God, our unique spiritual needs as women, but also the unique ways that God calls each of us individually, personally, in an intimate way to know, love, and serve Him and build His kingdom here on earth. What can we learn about those stories in the Old Testament that is relevant to our lives today? So the retreats very much look at those different kinds of themes. And um, a few different places where I'm going to be giving them are um, Saturday, November 16th. I'm giving my You Are Enough retreat at Holy Family Catholic Church in Orlando, Florida. Giving my You're Worth It retreat on uh, January 11th, 2020, already booking into 2020 at St. Michael 
Church here in Exeter, New Hampshire. Um, Saturday, March 7th, my You're Worth It retreat at Precious Blood Parish in Jasper, Indiana. Um, Saturday, March 28th, not a retreat, but a women's conference I'm going to be taking part in. Going to be the keynote speaker in Norwich, Connecticut. That's in 2020, but I still am taking on some dates for this fall. If you are organizing an event or if you just want to be organizing an event, if you want to bring my retreat to your community, to your parish, to your women's group, you can find out all about that at daniellebean.com. Just click that retreat tab. If you're interested in just having me come and be a speaker to an event that you're already hosting, an event in your community, you can click on the speaking tab and get more information about all of those things. I really do value the ways in which we're able to connect in person. Nothing makes me happier than when I'm at one of these in-person events and someone comes up to me and tells me they are a listener of the Girlfriends podcast because I instantly know, here's a friend, here's somebody who gets it. I love you guys and I, I absolutely love the things that we have in common and the things that we're able to share here on Girlfriends. So with that said, I want to thank you for being a part of today's show. Thank you for the ways in which you are a part of the Girlfriends community. Your presence here is so encouraging and valuable to me. I truly appreciate the fact that you show up and listen to all that I have to share here on Girlfriends. So thank you for being here this week. I look forward to connecting with you next week. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 